0: Welcome to the Chad G. Ortho OT Podcast. I'm your host Chad Guerrero. I'm an orthopedic occupational therapist, strength and conditioning coach, sports trainer, and I hold over 40 specialty certifications in manual therapy, orthopedics, and sports medicine. On this podcast, we will discuss everything orthopedic therapy, sports medicine, and more. If you're a therapist, health and fitness professional, or someone just wanting to learn more about the orthopedic and sports medicine world, then this is a podcast for you. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the episode of the Chad G Ortho OT podcast. I'm your host, Chad Guerrero, and today I'm going to discuss or give my recommendation for prospective therapy students. So, if you are a therapy uh, student currently in school or you're thinking about going to therapy school, um, you know, kind of what are my recommendations? And, um, and you know, so I, I'm kind of going to look at this or say this from a perspective of uh, therapists in general, right? So, I'm an OT. Um, and OTs and PTs work obviously closely together or independently of one another or whatever. And there's so much overlap from our disciplines. I mean, I'm just going to, um, and our education, I'm just going to basically go over and what are my recommendations generally speaking? if you want to go to therapy school. And, um, I think number one with, or, or if you're in therapy school, what should you do when you come out as a young, you know, practicing clinician? And so I I think uh, the first thing, you know, obviously, is you got to understand that there's going to be two ways of this learning experience. Number one is going to be what you have to learn in school to pass your board exam. Um, Now, most board exams, in all honesty, if you look at or you you talk with a lot of my uh, colleagues and people that I'm uh, in contact with in, in the therapy world, it's probably around i don't know i'm i'm going to say maybe 10 years behind the research and or, or maybe what the fad currently is or whatever so you know what you're going to learn in school and then when you go out to your clinical rotations or your field work sites or whatever they you know call them at your institution uh, when you get to that point you know things are a lot of times different because there's like the real world you know practicing and your clinical instructor that you're with is Probably not going to do things exactly the way that they're teaching you in school. It's like that in any profession. You know, my sister's a nurse practitioner. My mom's an RM. and uh, you know, I know it, it, even in that aspect of healthcare, you know, it's just not the same in real life as it is in school. It's great in theory. And I know you have to learn it in the basic theory way of how it should be, um, but things are different. And I've had even myself. I take a lot of students, a lot of therapy students. I've had students over the years that. They they come in and they learn stuff, and they're like, "Wow, this is a lot of stuff um you know that I've not uh learned before, or this is a lot of stuff that I'm you know uh, never heard of, or maybe we read about it in one chapter one week or something, and then we just kind of left it behind and didn't go over it anymore. You know, and, and, a, and so you have to be prepared for that and don't be shocked by it, right? Like you're going to, you know, but be prepared to take that information, kind of put it with the stuff that you're learning, your official book stuff that you're learning in school for when you take your board exam. Um, because I've had people that, you know, honestly come in as students and we go over things. And again, my experience of 18 years um, and then I, I do a tremendous amount of continuing ed. I mean, I I think our state I don't even know what our state requires. I think it's fourteen hours because I I I've not in so many years only gotten fourteen hours. Maybe the first couple of years or I don't even know if then I only got the fourteen hours. I, I get it's hundreds of hours a year. And during COVID when so much stuff was um uh what do you call it? Like uh, distance learning was really, you know, really took off. I probably you know I don't know, I've probably done it's somewhere between a thousand and two thousand hours. I don't actually know within a calendar year. So I do a tremendous amount. So, I mean, again, you know, it's, I'm teaching my students and I'm like, look, this is how this is going to present probably, or this is what you're going to do here, but this is what you're going to have to answer, you know, probably for your board exam, you know, this kind of a thing. So I'm not saying it's wrong and I'm going like completely rogue on stuff, but it is different uh, when you're out making those clinical decisions, because you to have it on your board's exam. And your board exam will have like, okay, pick the most correct answer. And it's like, oh my gosh, they're all correct, right? Like, and what you would pick probably as a young clinician coming right out of school versus somebody who's been doing it in a decade is going to be different. Um, and then you might change your mind back 10 years later and say, you know what, I like the original way that I've done it. So um, so that's one of the things you have to take in consideration is, Your information, school versus, uh, you know, what you're going to see in your clinicals and, you know, learn what you got to learn to pass your test, get your your license, your certification, whatever it is. And then, you know, go out in the real world and then start kind of putting everything together. Um, The other thing that I would recommend for people really is I'm not a big fan of being a generalist. Um, I tried that initially. That didn't really work that well because there is so much information out there that I think you really need to focus more on some sort of specialty. Now you can specialize as be as special as a shoulder specialist or a hand specialist or a cervical spine specialist or knee or whatever that you know may, may be that you want to specialize in. But I think it needs to be at least at the bare minimum. I am an, an orthopedic you know specialist, or I specialize in you know, pediatrics or specialize in geriatrics. Now, that's not saying that you don't know or shouldn't still be competent with areas of education, you know, within the other, you know, kind of fields of expertise. But I think that, you know, if you try to get away with, oh, I work on orthopedics and I also treat, you know, kids with sensory dysfunction and then I also work with, you know, inpatient hospital patients and then I also do, you know, home health and also, or whatever that is, I, I think combining that many things together, you know, you're, you're not really very good at any of it, in my opinion. I, I don't see how you can be. I tried to do that initially a little bit and, uh, there was just no way uh, because I live in a rural area. So, you know, I'm seeing a, a large variety of, um, of different, you know, diagnosis and patients and all this kind of thing. So I, I, I think it's, you know, if, if possible. If you have the population, you know, that you can serve, I think it's best to specialize in, in one particular area. Like for me, it's orthopedics um, slash sports medicine. And really, I, I mean, I don't work with a lot of spinal cord injury patients and things like that. I mean, I have in the past. So, what I still would say neuro is a big part of both of those. I don't really see how you, you almost can't get away with without being pretty neuro-competent um, in anything, whether it's peds, geriatrics or whatever. So I just kind of put neuro out in the middle because I feel like you got to have neuro to be worth a flip in any of it, honestly. Um, so I think that really finding an area that you like and, uh, kind of focusing in on, on that area. And, you know, what I did was I started, um, you know, talking to people, especially with social media now, and talking to people online, um getting in some of the different groups and forums I belong to just a whole host of organizations and group forums and chat groups and research groups and all this kind of stuff. I think that's really the way to go um is to find some folks um that you you like their approach or their teaching style i mean it's almost like for me with therapists and, and rehab professionals and sports medicine professionals it's kind of like um you know professional athletes you know you find a you know if you if you like um Basketball, you find a guy in basketball or a girl in basketball that you kind of, you want to kind of model your way that you train or play or whatever. After a little bit, that's kind of like your idol or whatever you want to call it. I think it's the same thing, you know. Even for for me, I mean, there's people that I kind of look up to in our profession and that have done a lot of great work and that are really great at conveying, you know, their treatment philosophies. Not necessarily the idea, I don't take one person's idea, and I'm like, you know what i'm gonna I'm gonna use this idea, and this is the only way that I'm gonna do it because so and so said that this is the way that you treat the shoulder or the knee or whatever that is um I think that you take that all together and kind of put it all in your box with all your other approaches and ideas and um and and then you kind of go from there and and you'll kind of select it from in other words, kind of put all that together um you know and and then just do one overall approach. That's what I would do. Um, I mean, you know, because like I said, if you if you try to pigeonhole yourself into too much, one very, very specific thing, if you don't have the population, um, you know, you may not have the ability to, to you know, sustain your caseload. Um, but then at the same time, you don't want to be so general that it's just, you know, uh, trying to see everything under the sun just because. Don't avoid those people that's that's what I would do if you're a, if you're a patient listen to this prospective patient and um, there's a rehab professional some sort of therapist or clinician whatever that's like you know what I do everything come and see me mm, I probably would avoid that it's kind of like going you know to see your um, yeah, I don't know orthopedic ankle doctor and you also want them to do open heart surgery on you I'm not saying that they didn't all at one point learn some of the same things, right? Like, we all learned a lot of the same things. Um, But you just don't want that person also operating on your brain because they're a foot doctor. So just kind of something to think about. Um, So I guess that's pretty much it. That's my recommendations. If you're in school, um, just kind of learn everything. Take everything in stride. You know, just... Understand that sometimes your book work what your instructors may tell you may not be the exact way it is out in the real world, or it may be pretty close. I mean, you know, everybody's opinions and perspectives on things are different. Teaching styles are different. So just just learn as much as you can. I guess that's what I'm saying. As, as much as you can in school, and then when you get out of school, please do not do the bare minimum of whatever your license or certification requires. Um, because if you do, the rest of us do not want you working on us, okay? Okay. Um, just being honest. Uh, and uh, if you're thinking of going to therapy school or you want to be a strength conditioning coach or something like that, whatever that is, you definitely can't go wrong. I love my profession. I love my job. I love what I do. Um, I have never looked back and wanted to do anything else. And so, um, you know, definitely something to consider. Uh, the rehab and sports medicine professions are fantastic uh, fields to go into. And uh, I don't think you'd be disappointed. So, That's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate everyone. Uh, Please rate me five stars wherever you listen to this podcast. It will help me out. Thanks again, and you guys have an awesome day. This podcast is brought to you by Guerrero Rehabilitation, setting the bar for rehabilitative and sports medicine care.